0: And welcome back, man.
1: Wonderful to be back. Wonderful to be back. Lovely to see you again, Don. And uh yeah, it's been it's been quite an ordeal getting to this point. boy I like your guitars you got hanging up there behind
0: you. Oh, Ooh. thank you. I've actually got I've got uh two Here? American telecasters, and I've got my Martin, and then I've got my uh Fender uh jazz bass. So yeah, yeah, it looks nice. So I've been doing a lot of home recording you know, so yeah. it's uh, so, so a lot of people. I, I, you know what, I, I, I've become very comfortable sequestered in my basement.
1: Good. Yeah. Uh, I did I did as well last year. I mean, it really was, you know, I, I called my, I turned my basement into a more, um, you know, a, a more functioning uh, not just recording studio, but, but video uh, in place, you know, what exactly like what you've done there. And it was my, uh, I call it the bomb shelter, B A L M. You know, oh,
0: it was very. It was very comforting down there, and it re- really was a great way to connect with people. I I love it. Well, my, mine has been named Casa de Brainfart. Fart. So um, Casa de Brain Fart, yeah, that's that's lovely. Just yes. bringing the a, a bit of a Spanish influence there, I can see. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, or also known as the Lair, whatever you know. You, you know, for for. All of my goth friends, you know, so you know, very important to include them.
1: Be be inclusive.
0: It's yep. all it's all inclusive here, you know. That's good, you know. That's but well, so with the COVID thing, you stayed super active, which I loved seeing. Was it kind of hard for you to kind of? Because I feel like we all hit this like initial shock, you know. Yes, Every, everyone. Like, yeah, the, the you know, shock. The, the shock was
1: the the, the the first part of it was when we were all kind of, it's, it's funny when I think back in the conversations we were having, uh, you know, March, I think I got the call on March 9th of 2020 to turn right. uh, around at the airport mm-hmm. and it was say you no, know, turn around and go home. And uh, I said, but are we, are we going to, because we were about to play the mission in its entirety in New York, yeah, right on Broadway at the Beacon theater. So we were all really revved up about that. Mm-hmm. And uh getting my bags out at the airport and and uh, tour manager calls and says, yeah, uh, go home. <laughs> I said, go home. <laughs> and he said, yeah, Are you serious? not happening. And the NBA have uh, canceled their season. So I'm like, Oh wow. And then when I'm in the car on the way home, I hear on the radio, the NHL, uh, you know, the national hockey league have just canceled their season. I thought, this is maybe this is like serious. <laughs> so um, when I got home and we, we did the very first zoom call, uh-huh. that's what we're doing right now, but I'd never done one, you know, up until March of last year, like a lot of people.
0: Neither did I.
1: <laughs> on that, on that first call, I, I wish, I wish we had recorded just to hear how we were like, could this last, like, could this be a month? Could, could this go on for like six weeks? You know, we're all like really incredulous about it, and then, then you begin to educate yourself a little bit and realize that no, traditionally pandemics last about roughly two years, roughly. Yeah. And why should we be any different? Well, you know, we live in this this age now where we're we're used to things going away instantly and getting everything you like get the snap of our fingers, and um, it turns out that we are. We are no more superhuman than anyone really was in the past. We just have better tools and better ways of mitigating it. And we've used those to great effect. The great thing was, yeah, the initial, the shock to us was that we had to stop for about what we thought was going to be six weeks. That was the shock. Yes, uh, And then the shock of just how serious the whole thing was and how, many people that each of us began to know that were whose lives were affected by it, or, you know, they had a family member that got it and they, all of those. things. So it began to take on deeper layers of seriousness, you know, and, and as that began to sink in, uh, you, uh, you got a lot more thoughtful about it rather than seeing it as a personal inconvenience. You, you began to view it as a, uh, an opportunity to, re- to reflect on just how, lucky you are if you don't have it
0: you know there You, go. you know, yeah and it's funny because you know so my wife works for the cdc and yeah it was one of those Absolutely. things where you know it, like we were talking about this uh not too long ago and we were like this is gonna be just another it's gonna be another you know dog ear page in history for us because you know like much like 9 11 you know everyone's gonna remember like where they were at when it, when this became a thing. And yeah, I thought I'd share this with you because I figured you'd get a kick out of this was that that Friday I was at a um, Devin Townsend concert here in Atlanta. Wow. Oh, great. Sold out at Center Stage Theater. A thousand people, you know, cheering, having a good time. After the show, we're all in the lobby at the bar, we're hugging, we're we're tasting beers from each other, you know, and then like, you know, know, and so you kind of heard about it like slightly. And then that Monday, my wife, you know, says, I think this is going to be pretty bad, but it looks like it'll probably go We'll, we'll, it'll be resolved pretty quickly. Right. And I was like, well, I was like, I have a Jeff Tate concert on Friday. So it was like the following Friday. And she said, Oh, he, it should be fine by then. Yeah. And then Monday she was like, it's looking kind of rough. And then Tuesday <laughs> she was like, it ain't looking so good. And then Wednesday right. she said, you're not going to that concert Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and then next thing we knew, you know, everything was, uh, I actually had a book, uh, reading scheduled because it was right after my book came out okay. and I had a really nice book event set up and the venue called me and said, yeah, we're, we're shutting our doors. It, yeah. this is... And what do you do? You know, well, and I think that, you know, when I talked to some of my other friends who are musicians and there was this <laughs> moment when it started where we were just like, okay, so now we're going to be here a while. Like, what do we do? Yeah. And some of us had an easier time than others to kind of pick up and say, "I've got to keep moving." Yeah. You know? So, right. how how long did it take for you to for it to kind of sink in and be like, "Okay, I've got to start doing something." To
1: yeah, yeah. So, so wow. the, the, yeah, that that's a great question. That and it, it's great. It, everyone in the world can relate to this because we all had to to do this this uh, this forced dance so to speak that where okay so i realized well the first thing i can do is why don't i you know get on my iphone and video myself just playing a song something from something from my solo uh years you know Mm -hmm. prior to six and something that uh, is uh relevant to what's going on in the world today. So I think the first, I think I could be wrong, but I think the first one I did was a, a song called, uh, burning torches of hope. And it was on a, a solo album I had called strange animal. And I, I remember you a, posting this. Yes. yes. Yeah. And lyrically it felt like it's a song about, about overcoming, uh, you, you know, um, <clears throat> not getting too negative about things and overcoming, uh, uh adversity. So, um, that's, when I did that and I saw the response on social media, which was really strong, it made me feel really great. <laughs> and I felt like, well, I didn't do nothing today. I, I used music to connect with people and we had a, we had a, a brief little conversation that, um, that a lot of people enjoyed and I enjoyed doing it. So that led to the next one, the next one, the next one. And, and so basically every week, roughly, I put something out like that, maybe every two weeks or so. And in the meantime, lots of time for uh, introspection, basically, uh, and connecting to things that we normally, um, under regular circumstances, might just not take note of or or, uh, acknowledge, you know. So that deepened as the year went on. And I began to feel, you know, for for those of us that were not um, personally uh, affected by catching the COVID, mm-hmm. we were, you know, it, it really wasn't a, a huge, first, uh, it's, it's hard to say this is a, it's, it's too much of a blanket statement, but so I'll just speak from my own personal standpoint. Uh, for me, it, as a musician, it was equal measure. It was a punishment and a gift at the same time, you know, and that might be the same for a lot of musicians anyway, and for yourself, Absolutely. where yeah, exactly. I discovered things I never would have discovered uh, without it. And at the same time, it's like, well, you've interrupted my, uh, my, you know, uh, the way I make my living and, and how I normally go about my year seeing thousands of people, uh, you know, night after night on their feet and um, with big smiles on their faces. Instead of that, I'm, I'm, you know, connecting with people through screens, et cetera, which meant, okay, so I have to counterbalance that with something. So what I discovered and I've mentioned this a few times now, I was missing connecting with the outside world and, um, and also physically staying in shape because I wasn't doing the shows, you know? So I started riding my bike again every day Mm -hmm. and it was right, you know, it was the, the the fall of last year. So it was just a year ago. So 2020, the fall of last year, I started doing that. And every day I, I got more and more, um, Addicted to that, or basically I saw that as a, a part of the day that had to happen, you know, at least a couple of hours I had to be out on, my, on, a, on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. And in very, some, some subtle and some very obvious ways, it made me feel good about the whole thing because I thought, started thinking, I never would have done this without this, this happening to the world. I never would have enjoyed what I'm enjoying right now. It's really difficult to be sad when you're on a bike. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say that.
0: Oh yeah, so, oh.
1: It's very similar to when you're playing an, a musical instrument. You can sing about something sad. You can think about something sad. But, but to actually be sad uh, and be depressed, it's it's difficult for that to happen. For some reason, there's a disconnect there that's uh, very enjoyable. Um, and uh, so, so that and 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 then coming back to always as I do in life, you know. Kind of circling back around to what the next little musical thing is going to be, then Don, things began to like projects began coming at me fast and furious to where I was like, oh God, I've got to. Be... Every day I had about six things on the agenda that I had to get done, and they were all through this medium. But you know, people would ask, could you sing on this thing? Could you play on this? Could you be part of this little campaign we have? And it, it got kind of exhausting, but it was, but it was. It, What do they say? I was by the end of the day, I was tired, but it was was the good kind of tired. Oh,
0: absolutely. (laughs) I mean, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, because uh, you know, I think what you're saying about that is so true. Because you know, even for someone like me who doesn't do music full time, like I don't make a living doing it, but I I rely on music and playing music and as my outlet. You know, my mental health, you know, thrives on you know on on that kind of artistic expression but it was also a very introspect I think that was a great word that you chose was introspection because it gave me this opportunity to sit down and think what is what are the things that I always said I wish I could do but I was too busy to do yeah and all of a sudden now I was like you know you know you know, pardon my Louisiana French, but, you know, shit or get off the pot, you know? It was one of those moments where I was like, okay, I've always wanted to make an album that featured my friends from you know Sweden and Germany and Finland, but I was always too busy. Well, guess what? They're all at home, not doing anything. I'm at home. So finally, I was like, okay, you're not on tour. You have no excuse to say you you can say yes. And all of a sudden it was exciting, you know? So in some ways it agreed with me and, but at the same time, it also kind of cushioned the blow of the negativity and, you know, seeing the sadness from people and seeing how it affected people, you know, physically and mentally, but it made, it made me grateful to have my health and to have my wife's health and to be smart. But at the same time, I was like, I've got to do something, to make lemonade out of all this. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Making lemonade and shooting it off the pot, those are two great two two great philosophies to live by.
0: Well, add a little vodka to the
1: lemonade, though, you know? Okay. Yeah. Even better. You could do that, too. Do that too. The, um...
0: Talk about cushioning the pain. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's...
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there was... There was a lot of self medicating went on as well. So, uh, you know, we're not out of it yet. By the way, we're we're speaking as, as if this is something in the past. It's we're just we've just learned how to mitigate uh, uh, our our response to it to a to a point where, we're we're it's a balancing act, you know. And I can see that in the audience every night. It's, they they feel that they want that live music experience. They've been hungry so hungry for it. They're now, you know, starving for it because it, it enriches their lives as much as does ours, and to a, to a degree, it's necessary, you know, as a mental uh, uh, elevator, just just something to lift, to lift you to where you, you feel like your your life still is 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 connected to really to, to the things that you love,
0: right. Uh, right?
1: And you're not all that deprived at the same time. You know, I, I see a lot of people out there still, you know, st- keeping at least as much distance as they can from from the people around them. A lot of people wearing masks, and a lot of people aren't doing that. So it's it's, it's almost like they they, they must feel that it's, it's it's worth the risk. The the, the the payoff The immediate payoff might be worth the risk of them, uh, you know, going through this. I think there's been a, a a whole lot of so a lot has to be said for soap and water <laughs> to. Uh, to, to Who would have, have thought
0: you. that that would ever? Yeah. You know, it's like we learned yeah. that in school, you know. But like all of a sudden, things, it's a real yeah. thing.
1: I don't see a whole lot of people shaking hands, but I see fist bumps. I see, you know, sometimes oh, I see God. air fist bumps. That's usually what I do with people in the front row. So if we come this <laughs> close, we but you know, we, third we row high I, fives, you know, like yeah, yeah, air <laughs> high fives. Um, they. I, I, I don't see anything wrong. I think that's great. It's, in some ways, it's, it's a bit of a laugh that we acknowledge that, um, oh, yeah, we're a bag of cells that can, that can actually uh, infect each other <laughs> negatively. Or we can have a great, amazingly positive effect on each other if we're all singing the same song together. That's pretty great you're as as not singing into each other's faces. anyway, we could go on and on about that.
0: <laughs> well, so you guys def- you guys hit the road again, which was you know awesome for you and yeah, for you course. know the fans and everything. No. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm good friends with uh, Jeff Keith from Tesla. Yeah. and him and I were talking on the phone before they went out on the road and he said that this is probably gonna change forever. The scape the scope of how bands do things and like interact with people backstage and things like that, you know, and kind of creating, you know, uh, you know, keeping limiting who is back yeah. there or anything. Like, he, did, did, he, did 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 you guys find yourself kind of having to? Yeah, alter. He's prob- un-
1: unfortunately, he's he's probably right. Um. Uh, he's probably right. The for example, meet and greets. we don't we can't do any of those. We don't have anyone backstage at all, other than the local crew, staff and crew, and our crew and the band. Uh-huh. So it's it's unfortunate because that's um, there's there's a lot that you know a lot a lot of the the character of the whole backstage thing is, you know, from having various people every day uh, that you meet backstage. So that's gone. However, you know, on the other hand, uh, luckily, we like each other's company. So we, we've kind of gotten, in, in some ways, we've deepened that connection between us and our crew, particularly. Uh, you know, so, so you, you lose on the one hand, but you gain on the other. It, it, it's, it's, it's an odd teeter-totter kind of experience. Um, but yeah, I think, um, look, every year someone in the band at some point will get sick. Okay. We'll get a cold or we'll get the flu or something, but we can't sing. And it, not just from physically blowing your voice up, but you just can't sing because you're sick. Right. And it's a drag for the, for the audience, you know, that we have to go through that and you got to kind of explain yourself, etc. But we bring, we, we've learned that we bring a lot of this upon ourselves just from, just from maybe a, 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 an over- an over uh, uh, casualness of, of human contact. You know, that's basically, it's kind of sad as I say, but you know, we, we, as humans, we, we like to touch. We like to be in each other's uh, space for for brief times. We like to hug. We like to do all those things, as you know, Um, maybe we just have to kind of limit it a little bit more uh, and be, be a bit more thoughtful about it and think of, think of the fact that, um, you know, your, your health is is gonna be necessary if you're gonna be able to do anything that connects with people. So there you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, another thing I was talking to to my buddy about was he said that it also, there's something to be said about not having the emotional exhaustion <laughs> of having a room full of people after a show yeah. no, where you just uh, kind of poured yourself out for an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes or so. You know, it,
1: it, that's right. I, I can, I can, I can uh, relate to that because so often, well, you know, you get people backstage you're dying to see, but you know that the clock is ticking. We got to get on the tour bus to get to the next town. This is going to sound like I'm complaining, and I'm absolutely 100% not. I'm just talking about oh. the reality here. No. The reality <laughs> is that, that quite often I feel like, oh, this person was there and I really should have had more time to speak with him. Like, you know, oh, there's there's Don, you know, from the brain fart guy. I should go talk to him, except our manager's family's here and I really should talk to them. They just had a, you know, just a new grandchild and I got to spend some time with them. And, and it's all enjoyable, but I always feel like I've been rude to someone because I didn't get a chance to spend some proper time with them. So, you know... I guess it's kind of a great leveler that you go, well, it was fair to everyone. We we connected with no one in that way. But what (laughs) we did do was we connected a lot better with the audience who've actually paid money to come to this show and have an experience that is going to, you know, unify their, their, and, and lift them as a, as a, as a mass body of people. And um, instead our, our focus was on them more than more than our own personal little, you know, relationships and hell, that sort of thing. So there's, there's good that comes along with it, with, with everything. It's like one of those th- typical thing in life, whatever you, whatever you, you you decide and then you lament what you've lost because of that decision, like any technological advance, you know, it's great that the, uh, you know, the, Every time we invent something new, we we have something great that's brand new that we can use, and we lose a whole other, uh, a, a whole lot of other connection because of it. You know, it's, it, we're we're in a very uh, transitional age right now, where we're coming. You know, as humans, we are we are interacting with our with our machines uh, on such a on such a deep level. You know, so
0: anyway. and I feel like even more so now you know, because of the lack of, you know, physical contact, you know, really, you know, we we rely on that, you know, so. We rely on it. Yeah. 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 So (laughs) I have to say the new album crash of the crown. Yeah, You should say, you know, one, two punch, man, the mission and crash of the crown. I was just like, I was floored and I, and and I always make little notes before I interview, especially about something like a new album. And one of the things I said about the album was that the new material sounds new, but it doesn't sound dated or over nostalgic. And in some ways, I feel like you guys are artistic, artistically aging backwards in a good way. Like yeah. I, I heard a lot more progressive tones over the last two albums than yeah. I did, say, adult contemporary or even AOR
1: type yeah. of music
0: that. Most people would come to associate with Styx. Well, it's funny.
1: Styx is a a band that um, had a wide, you know, kind of wide swath as far as the, uh, uh, you know, what type of what how you could pigeonhole them into one type of music because they did rock really, really well. They did pop really, really well. But the part of the band that I was most attracted to always was that they did progressive really well and were to my mind they were the first non-uk band to be successful doing progressive rock mm-hmm. you know when i in, in toronto and in, in canada when i the first song i took note of was i heard the intro to lorelei oh, and okay. i thought oh this is a prog band you know immediately you know the the radio the knob went up I'm not down right <laughs> <laughs> and
0: uh and i, I saw if I, you're thinking like prog band on the radio which is yeah,
1: like <laughs> well, yeah, but but the, but back then, Don, that's the Prague was there was lots of it on the radio. I mean, that's wow. how yes you'd hear yes, yes you'd hear Genesis, you'd hear Jethro Tull, now, After, you know? like, all is yeah. yeah you know. So for that brief time that that, that Prague was really um, you know uh, prominent uh, prominent on the airwaves and um, and really because of that radio and progressive rock together. They they, they they really supported each other because you would hear you I remember putting on you know in Toronto I'd put the radio on and they'd play the complete side one of the new yes album close to the edge and it'd be like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's such a trip you know it's a 20 minute piece of music and that's just half the record and that form of that art form of the album which was you know roughly 40 minutes of music where the only physical interaction you had to actually have was to get up and flip the thing over. And then you held this large piece of artwork, you know, in your hands and tried to divulge and, and decode every little bit of it that you could. So this theater of the mind kicked in and you had this experience in your, you know, in your bedroom or your older brother's bedroom, the basement or wherever you were in. in Where that funny in your, smell always. came. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You you had this great experience, and it, it, it transported you to, a, to another world that was beyond the scope of a three-minute pop song, okay? So what thrilled me with the mission and with Crash of the Crown is that that's the art form that, that the band as a whole, that's what we decided to put the spotlight on that. Radio is not going to play this stuff. Even classic rock radio, who are so supportive of the band, they will start to play it when it's 25 years old. So I guess now the mission's got about 21 years to go before it's classified. And it
0: gets hopefully on the we'll still be here to hear it. <laughs> no, no doubt. But um, you are aging the, backwards. I mean, you know, come on, you know. Yeah. The great thing. I'll tell
1: that to my hair. Um, the great thing about uh, <laughs> you know, the great thing about classic rock radio is that they actually are really supportive. But not on the radio, but on their websites. It's astounding how they champion the new, the new things from the bands that they play through their websites. So there, there still is this great relationship with them. You know, they they keep up the legacy material, but they're they're constantly talking about oh, there's a new Alice Cooper record and it's really strong, and a new Cheap Trick record, and and uh, but most importantly, obviously, the new Sticks record. And uh, that's so so life for for that classic rock genre. Continues, and the the absolute proof of its continuation and and its strength is the fact that I see on any given I, half, last night, half the audience are like I would say roughly forty and under. People that are forty and over were actually born when so when the, the, some of these uh, you know original classic rock records were made, and they, they had the, the in their largest era. But the other half of the audience weren't even born when when a lot of these songs were recorded and were, were on the radio. And they feel that they're concurrent with their own lives. They see themselves in, in the lyrics, in, the, in the, uh, the, the, the little stories, the little narratives that, that, that run through the songs. They feel uplifted by the music, much the same way as, well, this, this is what, to, to my mind, this is it's a, it's a testament to the fact that rock music, classic rock music, is the grand musical statement of the last half of the 20th century. It is as relevant to that roughly half a century as say jazz was to the first half of the century, jazz and blues, and those musical idioms that that, that, um, genres that, that, that emerged in the first half of the 20th century, which are still around and still have large audiences, much the same as, you know, coming up in December, I'm, I'll definitely go and see the Nutcracker again, if I get it, if, if they're going to allow audiences in. And um, we'll be playing the music of Tchaikovsky because that is the great statement of the last half of the 1800s. And no one from that time that I know of, unless there's some somebody we haven't met yet that lives in the jungles of <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> has lived that long. A New Orleans vampire. <laughs> Yeah, but we we relate to music that 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 had a, you know a deep impact on people. And I think classic rock bands can rightfully claim that, that they are in that territory now when they walk on
0: stage and, and play to their audiences. One of the things I think I appreciated also um with uh the last two albums was that there also seems to be, I'd even say more so this one than the mission, is that while there's that prog element that seems to have been a little more increased from the mission. Yeah. There's still some conciseness to it. So like, you're like, you're doing a lot in four minutes, you know? So it's almost like there's this appeal to maybe like you were talking about, like that younger crowd who might not understand, like, what do you mean? You know, the Tangerine dream album is like two songs, you know, but like, at the same time, they're like, okay, this is exciting music yeah, in four and a half minutes.
1: Yes. Well, there you go. There, there you go. I think this is part, very much part of why Crash of the Crown became not only the title of the album, but the first track that we put out as the, as the title track. As I mentioned, the sticks um, great uh, manner of, of incorporating progressive rock into songs that are very relatable. That's, that to me is, is the magic of the band. So, so that pop is not always a bad word that there's a pop sensibility to that. And that is evident in, let's just take crash of the crown as as a a good example. The song is just four minutes long and yet it's like three songs mashed together into one with three different lead vocalists and lots of, Uh, Quick emotional shifts of of not just tempo but mood and um, somewhat similar to say a song like. uh, The way Queen would do that in in a lot of songs, Genesis would do that. There's these sudden shifts where you're it's as if you've opened the door to a completely different room and yet it's connected to the room that you just came from. So you feel there's a there's a cohesiveness there and. It's, but you're asking a lot of the audience still at the same time. You're, you're asking them to, you know, go on this little, this little, this little trip with us, okay? It's not just, just going to be one thread that continues from here to here, but it's going to, it's going to weave. It's going to be a bit of a tapestry is going to happen, and it might take you more than one listen to drink it all in and, and feel that you, you can navigate your way through it. Uh, so I was really happy when we chose that song. First and foremost, and the response of the audience is live is is akin to us playing at the now already to us playing a, a standard from the from the catalog from the legacy of the band. I think a good reason for that is that I think people were as much their hunger was divided between we want we want the comfort blanket of the past to come give us a hug again and tell us that we still have our songs and our music that uh, makes us feel so good, but. After being through what we've just been through for the last year and a half, we want something new, something it's something new and exciting that still kind of touches on the same, you know, is is it still fits on the menu, you know, of what we're what we're looking for. So we're in in a weird way, we're in a very fortuitous place with um, with this record and, and the fact that that people have gone through this experience. We've all gone through it.
0: I mean, there's something to really also be said about you, you, uh, another note that I made here about, especially with the last two records, is that it seems like when bands, especially, you know, Sticks, you know, even, you know, bands from my era in the 80s, you know, Tesla, you know, yep. Iron Maiden, whatever, you yep. know, Judas Priest, there's there's no longer this pressure to say we have to have a hit song to no. radio. So with that comes almost a change of quality and that's not, and that's not discounting any of the great songs, but it's almost like, instead of focusing on, okay, what is, is this going to be the one that makes us go platinum? It's almost like, kind of like we were talking about with the emotional energy of meeting people backstage is that when that energy is, is able to be, you know, compacted into just the song, then it's, it's just about making a great song regardless of whether or not the radio plays it or not. So yeah, do you kind so, of feel that way as far as like that stress actually allows you to write maybe better songs or the lack of that stress? I mean, no. The, well, it's not,
1: it's not, it's, it's not down to a hit single. And if you do chase that, you know, well, best of luck, but you'll probably, you'll probably lose what is at the essence of the classic rock that you're trying to, uh, that, that you're that you're that you're trying to uh, turn people onto, you know. Uh, I think had this record come out, you know, this is just a completely uh, subjective thing, but had this record come out in let's say 1978 or 79, there are plenty of songs on here that that would have probably received tons of airplay. Sound of the alarm would get probably get played as much as Crystal Ball, right? Uh, I would say that crash of the crown probably would have gotten played just as much as, as fooling yourself, you know, like, like there, there are, but instead what was more important is to make an album that feels like it's connected to the legacy of the band and, and that it's an album statement, not it's okay. Here's, here's the, here's the good two or three tracks and this is the rest of the, uh, the filler, you know, <laughs> right, that, right, uh, right, except right. the records and that we you know, a lot of records began to fall into that category, particularly in the eighties, um, maybe in the nineties as well. But I began to notice that, you know, yeah, huh, it's, 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 it's funny how a lot of bands would come up with great songs, but the band didn't have an overall vision that they could extend what that one great song does in, into a complete album concept. And, uh, but the bands from the, from the 70s, particularly, you know, and they learned it from the bands from the 60s, had learned how to do that, how to craft that. So it's one complete statement. I mean, it's part of why, for example, it's part of why, you know, when I went to see uh, Elton John right, about just three, maybe four months before the uh, pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and he was doing the Farewell yellow Rick Road Tour. And I remember I was at the Goodbye Elbert Road Tour when, he, when the album first came out. You know, I'm just thinking how how profoundly connected my life is to this album, to this person, to this experience, and yet it's not one song. It's not just "Candle in the Wind" or "Benny and the Jets." It's the whole thing from top to bottom. It's you know, from from "Funeral for a Friend" all the way to the end of you know to to uh Harmony at the end of uh, uh, side two of the, of the second disc,
0: right.
1: But it's all one large, beautiful statement that I somehow see myself being connected to as does the other 20,000 people in the building. Uh, I think that's just a more longer lasting experience than, than one, one hit song. Not that there's anything, I'm not, I'm not being disparaging of that. I'm just saying that's one, that's one art form. And the album is another one and they're, they're connected in, in loose ways, but ultimately the, the album statement is what is what listening to a song. Like, like I said, when I heard Lorelei, that made me want to hear their album. Okay. Right. It didn't make me want to go, I got to go get this single. And that's, that sticks. Now I understand them. And now let me go and listen to another bit. It made me want to get the album when I heard roundabout, I, I wanted to get the album Bohemian Rhapsody. It's the album I got to get to get that experience extended into a longer form and that's what we've done with the mission and with the crash of the ground i do believe in my most unbiased opinion
0: well i actually i'll be honest you know like i think you know you and i talked about this a few times the last when we talked was that you know my father you know you know when he was alive yeah you know, especially in the eight you know 70s and 80s i mean like if he he wasn't playing you know pictures of eight he was playing I mean pieces of eight. He was playing yeah. Grand Illusion, and you know, and so like those albums became so ingrained yeah. in my head yeah. that it was through that kind of listen. You know, my dad did not listen to singles. He didn't listen to forty fives. No. Like that, know, that, if, that yeah, if, un- if he put on an album, you heard the, the, whole, thing, the whole thing. You know. The whole you know, thing, like, yeah, yeah. Like you didn't, you didn't just hear "Sweet Judy Blue Eyes." You know, you heard yeah. the entire CSN the album. Yeah. And yeah. to me, when a song was good, like I still think it. Like you know, if I hear a song that intrigues me, the first thing I want to do is go, "I want to know what else is in there." Like, yeah, is it as good, or yeah. is it going to be better? And you know, one of the things you were talking about was classic rock. When I, I, I was. You know, just this year, the Black Crows announced that, you know, they were doing like the 30th anniversary of their first record. And I'm like, that's impossible. That cannot be because, you know, I was like, I was at the album release concert here in Atlanta, you know, and I just I was like, that can't be. And then when I did the math, that album is older than what Led Zeppelin 4 was when I first heard Led Zeppelin 4 in the 80s. You know that's what I mean? And so I'm yeah. like, a lot this is it's cyclical, you know, like, and the fact that Styx is still making current music, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it goes beyond nostalgic. To me, it's a band that's like, wow, like this is still artistically current. And the fact that you guys could, you know, open up a show with Gone, 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 you know, from the last tour, but then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, going into fooling yourself and grand illusion and have it all sound yes yeah, well, you know
1: I, th- I think well thank you very much for saying that that's that really is the goal um we weave the newer things in uh, pretty seamlessly with the uh, with the classic material it, it where one really kind of helps uh, you know uplifts the other we don't kind of there's, there's no sort of apologetic moment of like you know oh, no could you please remain in the building while we play something new? <laughs> please don't we, go to the beer or yeah. the bathroom. <laughs> no, we've kind of exactly no, we've we found some some pretty um innovative ways of 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 weaving the, the newer material in with the with the the classic stuff. You know, Tommy does a great part in the show where he does uh Sound the Alarm, which is on the new album. It might be my favorite song. Um and then that dovetails straight into crystal ball. And it's great how you get this, these bookends of, of, uh, of perspective. You know, one is the perspective of, of today of, 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 you know, the, the, a, a little bit of the trepidation of, of, of what's happened and a hopefulness of, you know, how it's going to resolve. And then you jump you right back into him as a, as a much younger man trying to look forward and with, again, but with the same hopeful intent. So that's why I see them as great bookends together. And then we have another part of the show where Chuck Panazzo comes out and the two of us play. There's a short little piece that I have on, on Crash the Crown called Lost at Sea. I love it, by the way. And on the name. album, thanks, that, that, on the album, that segues really nicely into coming out, out the other side. But in the live show, mm-hmm. it actually connects us straight into Come Sail Away, you know, which is... Again, there are two kind of connected perspectives, and yet from a different from different eras. And uh, that's, you know, I think that's part of what I think we're presenting it well. It's almost like we're presenting it like a. uh, I think I used the analogy last week almost like a bit of a tapas restaurant. I love it. You get these little tiny tastes of things that you weren't you're unfamiliar with, and then immediately followed by something that you're familiar with very familiar with and and the two kind of complement each other
0: i love that as opposed to pineapple on pizza you know you're actually you know i mean you know okay but one things, but yeah i mean because that was the thing that i was also going to mention too is that you know seeing you guys the last you know few tours except for this one which i'm hoping we'll see in 2022 but um was the the set list there is actually an art to sequencing Yes. You know, people talk about the sequencing of an album, but the yeah. sequencing of a set list to me is what makes or breaks a well, live this a, show.
1: This is a very tough set list to crack. I can tell you that. Uh-huh. It's, um, you know, there's just such a I'll JY quote. There's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to great choices of songs to play. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it and it's something that we fine tune really on a daily basis. And you know, you know, I, I should really give a credit to um, acknowledge that our, um, uh, you know, our production manager Brian Wong. He he keeps track of everything that we've played in various cities, you know, around the world. Uh, the last time we were there, and how to concoct tonight's set list so that we still connect all of that, but have something just just fresh enough to kind of make them feel that it's a different experience from before, and. Um, uh, you know, it's funny Because when it comes to choices of songs to play I uh, My first five years My 23rd year with the band uh, the, My first five years in the band I would be, get very deeply involved In what we were playing and what we were not playing I found for the last 15 years I, I love being surprised By what got decided to be played Because I, 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 I just constantly am like well, it's too bad we played that because it meant we couldn't play this. And that, that goes on daily. So I, it's almost like I don't want to know until I hit the stage and go, well, oh, that looks good.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that because then there's that, oh, this probably keeps you on your toes in the sense. Yeah, that it does that too. Yes. <laughs> element of surprise, you know?
1: Yeah. As a keyboard player, it can be a little bit too much of a surprise. because I'm like, oh, I haven't. I haven't called up a program in that one the last few times you played it. Anyway, I don't want to go down a technical rabbit hole here, but
0: yeah. Crap, I'm dig. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, so 2022 isn't too far away. I mean, are you guys gonna be doing some more shows Tons. behind Crash of the Crown? We're
1: gonna we're gonna play even more in twenty twenty two than we did this year because we started this year in June. Yeah, there there's such a a, a rabid uh, you know desire for uh, for the band to play pretty much every day of the year if we could. Um, but I've I've looked at I've looked at the first part of our schedule for next year and it is intense. So. Wow. Uh, very much looking forward to it. It's going to be a great year now. And especially now that, you know, Crash of the Crown, I'll just brag a little bit here. It, 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 reached a lot. Number, it reached the number one on Billboard's rock album chart. So that told us that we're, we're doing something right, you know, with this record. And now every single night we see more and more people who know the songs once we go into them. And then we see others in the audience we just have this conversation just a few hours ago, suddenly turning around going like, what is this song? You know, is this from the wooden nickel era? No, it's from the new album. (laughs) I love watching that in the audience. I was like watching that exchange take place. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really uplifting. And it tells us that, um, you know, the record is, you know, we believe it's a very strong record and worthy to, of standing alongside the, uh, the sticks classics. And fortunately enough people seem to be in agreement with
0: that. Like well I think it also kind of goes back to a little bit ago when you were talking about the the cohesion cohesion of the the material is that the style has you, you know the the style has remained but you know the song hasn't remained the same that was, that was <laughs> oh, that yeah I like that but uh, but do you know what I mean like, like kind of like I said like I love the fact that you could take a new song play it sandwich it right between two classics and yeah. then what you've got, if you is you've created this kind of experience, that you've kind of made people stick around to, it because they want to go. Okay, how did this work? This is intriguing. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah, it, it, it is. Like lyrically and tempo wise, and all those things. Anything new that we put in has to, it has to um, be connected, you know, in a, in some way to what preceded it and what will follow it. And it's a little bit like making an album quite honestly, it's, it's how you move that together. Um, But we've had, we've had a very successful year of doing that. And really since the mission in 2017, way back in 2017. <laughs> it really does uh, feel like a lifetime ago at this point. It does. When I play key dive, I, you know, I, I'd say that some nights, I say to the audience that that was an album back
0: when the world was a completely different place way back in twenty seventeen. <laughs> Do you remember back in the day where we could drink out of each other's beers and taste? It, you know, and like, you know, yeah. dude, taste this beer, man. Yeah. You know? And now it's like yeah. drink your beer five feet away from me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know, are you finished with that Kleenex? Yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this is the best song here. Here, use this one. Oh. <laughs> What's that cologne you're wearing? Oh, it's wonderful! Uh, mm-hmm. Wow, your hair smells great. <laughs> I don't know, even that picture—it's like you had my beard like on your chin, and I'm going, "Wow, okay, that might change." <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> so, yeah, I,
0: I, I promise next
1: time, you know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll stroke it with
0: a with a hockey stick. See. Well, if it keeps growing the way it is, you know, I can hand it over to you, <laughs> you know, from a distance. You can do that too. Okay, no, save save up the excess and just hand that to people we'll go here if you want to play with this one. Well look, hopefully in 2022 if things get better, you know, you should grow a beard. We can have a beard. Oh, I definitely should. Do that. Yeah. You know, I gave <laughs> it that on my to-do. I'll put that on my to-do list for sure. <laughs> grow a David Letterman size beard. Yeah, okay. Got it. Grow beard for Don in Atlanta. Yep
1: contest so, man as always I might, man i might I grow some of those in crazy those crazy fingernails that people let go to like six feet and they curve over you know yeah they're astounding they, they make life so convenient <laughs> oh this feels great scratching oh, Incredible. <laughs> built-in so dog so many uses. i just, just hit the light switch yeah
0: like <laughs> I'm in bed. Oh, I forgot to turn the light off. <laughs> yeah. I always love talking to you, Lawrence, and just the random awesome goodness that we always have. And it's always a pleasure, man. And that, we went that all over is- the place. Once again, we went all over the place, all over the map. Those are my favorite ones, man. You know, like off the page, you know, just, you know, it keeps it interesting and you're a great guy and congratulations on just another great album. And, you know, I'm hoping we'll compare beards, you know, in 2022.
1: Yeah. I think you're going to win that comparison. (laughs) I got a good good feeling about it. It was so great talking to you, man. Good talking to you, Don, and keep keep those brain farts coming. (laughs)